0: Hi, this is Matt Bernstein, and I'm with Dennis J. Smith, and this is the Make Money Online Show, where every week we have a unique guest that will help you make money online. So hi, everybody, this is Matt Bernstein. We're here with Dennis J. Smith, and today we're gonna be speaking with Gabby Wallace. She started making money on Udemy, teaching people how to speak English foreigners and then she moved over to YouTube and found I think more success on YouTube as well as the pros and cons being able to uh, get advertising money and her students wouldn't have to pay that much it wouldn't have to pay anything actually and she was able to make enough money for her to travel and work on her business and now she's here to talk about laptopteacher.com and she's going to be teaching people how to create video courses market it with YouTube and travel the world So welcome on the show, Gabby.
1: Thank you, Matt. That's an awesome intro. Yeah, I'm very happy to be here with you, with everyone who is tuning in live, everyone who might watch later. And I'm just happy to share my experience because I know how it is. Like when I started, I wanted to um, teach online, uh, work online, make money online, like the name of your show. And I didn't really know anyone who's doing that. So I know it can be really helpful to just listen to someone who's been there. Um, and I'd be happy to share the things that you know went well, didn't go so well, things I wish I did differently, wish I had known in the beginning or whatever you want to ask me. I'm here to to share with you guys and, and learn from you too and just watch what the audience has to say and questions from them too. This is so exciting. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm like really pumped to be on Blab <laughs> and talking with you guys. So
2: cool. awesome. We love it. I yeah. think, Matt, how many shows is this now for us? A uh, lot. I think the fifth. The fifth nice. for this format, yeah. And then the other ones that we've done. So this is exciting for me because uh, Matt had told me about you and I kind of like to start living the digital nomad lifestyle and travel more specifically, maybe around the world. I, I you know, take road trips here in the U.S., but uh, so I'm excited to get to know where, more what, about. what's sorry up? to
1: interrupt. Dennis, where are you located? And Matt, where are you right now, too?
2: So I'm near Boise in Idaho, in the Pacific Northwest. Nice. And and I'm in
0: Chestnut Hill, kind of near the Newton area.
1: Yeah. I used to live in Boston, so I know it very well.
0: Yeah. It's cool. (laughs) You ever going to come back or no?
1: Um, I will be back to visit family and friends maybe in a a month or so. I'll be back um, kind of traveling all over the U.S. But right now I'm in Brazil. I'm in Rio de Janeiro. And it's nice and warm, and uh, it's it's nice to be here. I really love Rio, so I, I've been all over in the last year. Um, um, it's just it's it's good to be able to to be location independent with your work. I know we're going to talk more about that, but I'm really loving the lifestyle.
0: Good. Cool. Um, so okay, we can we can get started, I guess. Yeah. Um, so you started on you to be teaching English. Uh, I just wanted to know a little bit more about your experience on Udemy. And do you have any more plans to launch any more courses on Udemy or elsewhere?
1: So let me start from the beginning. Um, I started Go Natural English, the name of my English learning company, 2011 as a YouTube channel. And I started making little video tutorials for English learners. And after some time, I had several videos, maybe 100 or so on YouTube, and viewers were asking me for more. They were saying, oh, can you be my teacher? Can you tutor me? Can you make a course? And it was kind of overwhelming because I didn't know how to make a course. I had never done an online course before, but what I did was basically organize a bunch of the videos that... Some of them had not gone online. Some of them had been on my YouTube channel, but I took them off so that they were private and uh, exclusive to Udemy. Although I believe in in that time, and I believe still now, you can have materials um, in two places, but not for free. Anyway, I don't want to get too much into the specifics of the rules of Udemy because they're always changing. So um, at that time, I started my first course, and it was on Udemy. And Udemy was great for me as a platform for my first course because... I didn't need to know how to code or I didn't need to really um, worry about the design or the customer service or, uh, you know, tech problems, stuff like that they have covered. So as a first platform, it worked really well for me. And that first course that I opened called ESL troubleshooting, it's been my most popular course. And um Maybe that's because it, it was my first one, but uh, it just—it continues to do really well. So I'll keep that one up. Uh, I had more courses for uh, for a while, but I've been moving away from Udemy and onto my own site. So as my audience has grown a lot, and as I've desired to have more control and more, um, how can I say? Yeah, just basically more control over my own materials. I've moved. Materials onto my own site, and I see pros and cons with both having your courses on Udemy or having them on your own site. So I'm happy to talk about that. Um, and I think I think Udemy is a place where I'll continue to have that one course, but I may not add new courses right now. Although I may in the future, kind of keep that option open. I don't know, does that answer answer the question to start out with?
0: Um. So you're basically just using uh you're focusing on your own platform your own website and then keeping that original course on udemy and kind of using it as a marketing tool from now on
1: exactly exactly yeah so i believe udemy is excellent as um maybe like a lead generation uh there's so many people on udemy they've done so much with marketing and they spend a lot of money on marketing they're huge platforms so i wouldn't underestimate the audience that they can bring in for someone who wants to start teaching online, especially if you don't have a huge following. Like when I started my first Udemy course, I think I had around 10,000 subscribers on YouTube, which is not nothing. But at this point I have almost 150,000 followers on YouTube and we can talk more about YouTube and that role in marketing your courses. Um, but it's you know it's shifting with my audience now that I kind of stand on my own two feet like okay I can do this on my own site and Udemy is a great kind of uh, supplement or feeder perhaps um, so I'm not I'm not taking everything off of Udemy I think it's still good for some things
0: um, so you talked about YouTube and Dennis do you want to ask your
2: question about YouTube I was just like trying to follow the uh, conversation here. We've got almost 90 people and the feed so is moving by comments.
1: so fast. Right. I know.
2: And somebody can... had asked about your channel and I was trying to look for that information and get that out there. And
1: We should definitely pause and answer some of the questions when you guys Ooh. want to. Okay.
2: Right. So, I, you know, I was just like one of the thoughts. So you said you have 150,000 subscribers on YouTube? Yeah. Wow. So, um, you know, <laughs> get, because I'm not good at multitasking at my age, can you maybe like tell us a little bit about how, like some uh, tips on how to get there for those who I'm are I'm not listening? good
1: at multitasking either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I would um, pay attention to strategy on YouTube and get someone to help you implement it. So, when I was able to hire some part-time help, that made all the difference for me. So that was about a year ago. Mm. And uh, so I, I have a virtual assistant. Everyone on my team now is working remotely. So um, that's that's a whole nother topic, but it's it's great because then you can get help from you know, people regardless of where they live. Um, so pay attention to strategy. There's a lot of books out there on Amazon If you're looking for a quick guide, actually, if I can uh, do some shameless self-promotion at laptopteacher.com, right now there's a free uh, top 10 uh, tips for YouTube. So what I've learned in the last five years, boiled it down to one-page PDF, and it's a great place to get started for free. So just right there on the homepage, uh, laptopteacher.com.
2: Great. I'm going to look for that because I have about... 600 followers, and that's very impressive. I mean, you know, Thank I you. said I'm here near Boise, and yeah. the population of Boise is 225,000, and you have 150,000 following you on YouTube. That's pretty impressive, I think. So, congratulations! Thank you. Yeah.
1: Thank you. I really encourage everyone to get started on YouTube. I mean, I think. Regardless of what you're teaching, regardless of what you're trying to do online, what kind of business model, I think it can help. And it's a great way to reach people because it's the uh, second biggest search engine owned by the first biggest Mm -hmm. search engine. So if you think about it, just that's a great place to be.
2: Good point. Yeah, because it is owned by Google. And, you know, if you do a search in Google usually it's going to be a YouTube video that comes up first towards the top of the results. So that's a good idea. Uh, So you want to go ahead and maybe like answer some of these questions first, go through these questions, Matt. They've been
1: going, they've been flying by. Um, You guys let me know what questions you think would, would be interesting for your audience too.
2: Matt, you could go ahead and take a look at those off to the side there. And I'll let you decide on which one that you want to pick.
0: Um, I'm an I'm an online instructional in designer. Do you see a need for people to get help in creating online courses?
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh, I see it. It's popping up on the side. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks if you put that up, Matt. That's so cool. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely. I know uh, at least a couple of people personally who have businesses that help other people create their online courses, you know, from start to finish, like helping them plan uh, their course materials, getting it set up online, marketing. So that's a great idea. I would think about what your strengths are. Not, it's not necessarily good to do everything if it's not your strength. Like If you're not really strong at marketing, let's say, maybe you would just focus on helping people to design a good-looking course. A lot of people underestimate how important design is, but if your course looks really ugly or if it's really hard to use, that's gonna turn students away. And so if you're asking people to pay for the course, you know, they're gonna want something that looks nice and that's easy to use. So to answer Tim's question, Tim Stafford here, I mean, definitely I think there's a need for that.
0: And and what about Mark Profit's question? I don't even know how to put the question up like you did, Dennis, but what test? Oh, Dennis
1: did that, cool. Yeah, there you go.
0: You'll have to tell me how to do that after.
2: I will. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's cool that they do this. So I just wanted to get some of these answered. So this looks like a, a VA question, like how are you delegating maybe those tasks? Um, what tasks did your part-time, so your VA help you do?
1: Yeah. Okay. So in the, in the longer version of my top 10 tips, I have a whole list of everything I have my VA do, but I can share some of those off the top of my head. Transcriptions, especially because my videos were for English learners, I have them all transcribed, and I have the closed captions or the subtitles on YouTube. Um, there's automatic captions, but they're awful. Like They're honestly not accurate. So if you want to provide those for your audience, which also in uh, increases your uh, SEO in YouTube. You know, adding transcripts is really helpful. And I didn't want to be the one doing those because they're very tedious. I don't enjoy doing transcripts. <laughs> what else? Um, like making a cover image for your videos. That's something that really improves the look of your channel. It's not necessary. Yeah, you can put a video on YouTube without a cover image, but it's something mm-hmm. that will level your game up. So having someone to make those you know, they take maybe three minutes to make, but that's, you know, three minutes times, you know, however many videos you're doing, it adds up. So those are two things. Um, just helping to update descriptions in the videos, uh, double checking to make sure that, like, I didn't, you know, leave some embarrassing part of the video in that I forgot to edit out, you know, (laughs) adding, uh, adding links or annotations or cards in the videos. These -hmm. are all things that you can, you can make a checklist and you can hand it off to someone else. And it just helps so much because then that, that allows me or that allows, you know, you the creator to think about other things. Like Mm -hmm. what kind of content do I want to create or what is my strategy for making money here? So think about how to get those little things like, you know, adding links to the description. Um, Think about how you can systematize that, how you can make a checklist and hand it off to someone who's capable, who wants to work and, you know, pay them a little bit. It doesn't cost that much, you know, depending on if you find maybe a college student or um, even a a VA who who lives in another country where where wages are not as high, maybe Um, you can, you can pay them quite well, and they'll be very happy to help you with your YouTube channel.
2: So where did you find your VA? Is it somewhere like Odesk or Fiverr?
1: Yeah, Odesk is great. Is it Odesk or Upwork now? They keep changing Up, their name. Oh, Upwork, um, yeah,
2: you're right. <laughs> that's okay.
1: I was just thinking. Um, that's a great place to look. Uh, Fiverr is great. Uh, there's a site I use, I think it's called Philippine, jo- or Online Jobs that Philippines, um, people who work in the Philippines are known to be, uh, pretty good virtual assistants. Of course, you always want to interview people. I mean, don't just mm-hmm. jump into employing someone. Like when you're hiring someone, make sure that you interview them, that you give them a test task that you, you know, put them through a few, um, hoops, I guess, to, to make sure that they're going to be a good fit. And I'm so lucky. My assistant has been with me uh, for over a year now, just, just over a year. Yeah. And I just, I'm so appreciative for her. I couldn't do it without her.
0: So, so what would you do? You'd give uh, like a checklist, a step-by-step thing. And then as a test, have them uh, do like a couple of descriptions in your videos and, or do a couple of like editing transcriptions for, for you.
1: Yeah. I mean before you even give them the keys to your YouTube channel, I would ask them to do a sample task. Like um, maybe if you have a video, you could show the video to them and say, Hey, could you write a description that's a hundred words long? Could you just write a description as a sample for me? And um, what else uh, could you create a cover image? You could give them some direction or you could say, Hey, just let your creativity go wild and show me what you've got. And, Uh, see what they come up with, but definitely have the person do a short sample task. I mean, don't ask them to do like, you know, 10 hours of work for free, but maybe something that would take them 20 minutes. That's totally reasonable to ask before you hire them.
0: Yeah. And especially if you're going to be with the same person for a year. Yeah. Um, Should we, there's more questions popping up.
2: Should we do those or should we there's that one right there like that i don't know if we've like covered it yet but just basically the best way to get started on youtube i would say just creating just creating your account and the channel and start adding videos and then like gabby said you know have somebody create the cover image for you you don't have to but having that branding i think it's important as you go on you know where she's at the point where she's got her own brand but if you're get getting started You know, if you can do it and hire somebody on Fiverr to do it for you, then great. But it's real easy to get started on YouTube. If you have a Gmail or Google account, that's really all you need to create a YouTube account.
1: Let me add that I started my YouTube channel in 2011 and I hired my assistant in 2014 that's three years of being <laughs> on YouTube, you guys, before hiring help and three <laughs> years to get to 10,000 subscribers. But then something happened when I kind of broke through that uh, 10,000 subscriber point. I hired help. I focused on my strategy. And in the last year, my channel's grown uh, over 140,000 know plus the 10 that were already there. So I just wanted to say that because if you're just starting out, if you're just signing up for YouTube, like don't expect overnight to have hundreds of thousands of subscribers, but you have to start somewhere and the time's going to go by anyway. So you might as well get started today and just be patient with yourself, just little by little, keep building your channel. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, People want to know a little bit more about your YouTube strategy. Could you um, describe a little bit about that, I guess.
1: Totally, yeah. I can try to boil it down to like a you know three minute answer because honestly, I just wrote up a fifty six page ebook that's that's uh, you'll you'll get an offer for it if you sign up for my e or my email list um, with the ten free tips. But try to boil that down. Um, you need to give something. Approach your YouTube channel with a giving mentality. YouTube is not a place for you to advertise per se. It's a place for you to give something, whether it's a tutorial or entertainment, or I don't know, just sharing your life. Like you need to give something so that viewers actually want to watch. (laughs) So that's like everything in a nutshell is what do you have to give? So think of it from the viewer's point of view, because on YouTube, you're nothing unless you have your viewer. You're just another dude who has a channel and nobody's watching unless you have something interesting to say. And yeah, I mean, it takes some time to build momentum. Even if you're saying something interesting, you know, it, it takes some time. So uh, that's my caveat. You could be interesting and still not have a ton of subscribers, but um, have something to give. And then that will encourage people to share to you know, keep coming back um, And then besides that, if you have something to give, if you're uh, showing up consistently, that's really key. You know, in the beginning, like the first two and a half years of my channel, I was making videos when I felt like it. I was like, oh, hey, oh, that would be a good idea for a video. I think I'll do that. And then like two and a half months went by and I was like, oh, I have another idea. Let me put it up and maybe I'll make three videos in a row. But then I wouldn't do anything for another, you know, month and a half. But then when I decided to do three times a week, release videos three times a week, I did that for a full year from about mid-2013 to mid-2014. I could be a little off. Sorry, 2014, 2015. That's when my channel like took off because there's something about consistency that builds momentum and it makes people want to come back to watch your channel when they know that there's going to be new, fresh content They keep coming back, and they subscribe, and then when you post new content, they get a notification, and they come back. And it's like it just it it helps when you are consistent, because then your audience will be consistent.
2: So very good point. uh, So I just wanted to say that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
3: Uh,
0: All right. Well, so for example, um, in your case, what would you be giving to your audience? Um, And then for consistency purposes, you said three times a week, like, for example, when would you post uh, during the week?
1: So for my English learning audience, I would be doing little tutorials. Like I was teaching English in the classroom for about 10 years. And so I noticed after 10 years, you notice, you know, similarities across, you know, students like a lot of students had trouble with oh, for example, when to use the and when not to use the. So I made a tutorial about that. So if you are a teacher teaching something, whatever it is, it could be math, it could be interior design. I don't know. It could be anything, but you might notice that you keep getting asked the same questions over and over. And, you know, instead of thinking, oh my God, why do they keep asking me the same questions? Like take that energy and make A video tutorial about that problem point and post it on YouTube Um, and then you asked about the consistency so I did three times a week right now I'm doing once a week so I did Monday Wednesday Friday for a while now I'm just doing Fridays I mean to be honest it's a lot to do like a lot of content to make three times a week I could go back to doing three times a week but right now um, I'm kind of focusing on the the back end so to speak like the my courses making my courses uh, better and better and the marketing side of things and and it all takes time Uh, but you know if you're watching this and you're like oh what can i give people that they would like i mean tutorials are huge entertainment is huge if you can teach people something and entertain them at the same time i have a feeling you'll do pretty well
0: Um, Dennis, did you need to do your reminders? or?
2: Yeah, that would be awesome. Hey, hey, I just want to remind everybody, first of all, thanks for joining Matt and myself today with our guest, Gabby Wallace. I just want to give you some reminders if this is your first time on Blab, that the little hands off to the bottom left. For props. So, if you like what Gabby has been saying, or you like what Matt and I are talking about, you can give us props by just clicking on that. And then over the top there are the people who are participating live. And if you want to follow Matt, myself, Gabby, uh, people like Udemy instructor Phil Evner is with us today. He's one of the top instructors on on. Um, you to me and he's got a great show on blab with our friend Davis Spino, so you can follow him. The show is being recorded live, so if you have to go at some point, you can always catch the replay. And over off to this side right here are some buttons that you can tweet or you can share this out to Facebook. We would love it if you sent this out to Twitter or to your Facebook followers and just let them know that Matt and I do this weekly on Blab. And if you have a question to ask, do forward slash Q a space and then start typing your question. The reason why we ask for you to do it that way is because it flags it so I can see your question over here to the left. And we certainly appreciate the questions. We have a lot to ask uh, ourselves during the remaining portion of this blab, but some of them we might not be able to get to, or if they don't really pertain to the topic that we're talking to at the moment, we might not answer them right away just so that we don't keep going back and forth, but we certainly appreciate those questions. So that's it for now. So we'll go ahead and go back to our questions with Gabby.
1: Oh, Dennis, if you just put this question up from John, I was looking at that. I was like, I want to answer that one. That was
2: you broke my mind. <laughs> I think Matt, Matt, did you do that? Or? Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: I learned how to. <laughs>
1: <Nice>. <laughs> that's awesome. So the question from John Gale is please tell us, is your revenue all from videos or part from selling your time? And it is not all from videos, but it is not from selling my time. Um, I am a strong supporter, believer that you should not sell your time unless unless that's your model. Like if you're a very high end coach, that's different. But um, I I was you know working in the classroom for years and years, and that was an hourly wage. And I did tutoring for a few years and that was an hourly wage. And I realized after a while that I only had so many hours in the day and tutoring English, especially, you know, it's not like business coaching. Um, there's, there's kind of a cap on that. So I just, I, I went for the scalable model and I, I strongly encourage you, I think after you tutor for a while, I think it's good to tutor. You get to know your target audience closely by working with them one-on-one or in a classroom. But then once you know their challenges, once you know how you can help them, then make something that's scalable, whether it's an ebook or an audio ebook, a video course, uh, a community, a membership community. I mean, these are all examples of things that are scalable that are not pegged to your time. So your time does not equal dollars, please.
0: <laughs> um, so, uh, um, so, I- ebooks uh you mm-hmm. make some money on too and
1: yeah i mean uh ebook so i have an ebook on amazon now and it's partly a way for people to find out about me because amazon is another huge platform like you have to think about what are you focusing on like with an ebook are you focusing on making money from an ebook or are you trying to get exposure so if you're going to be on a big platform like YouTube or you have a podcast or Blab or Amazon, these are all platforms with lots of people, and I wouldn't be too fast to think, "Oh, I'm going to get rich with an ebook." It's an excellent way to get exposure, and then people find out about what I do um, with English learners, and I have courses, I have a membership community. That's a better way, in my opinion, that's worked better for me personally. I should say for um, for for making money online. Of course, some people make you know a killing with eBooks, but that's their focus. That's their spe- uh, specialization. So I think there's different ways to do it, but you have to think about you know where do you think is better for getting exposure, and where might be better for you to uh, for free to charge more.
2: Silence, Matt. Are you on? Are you on mute? Yeah.
0: Um, so okay. So but there's another question too that says, uh, "Why did you switch from being a YouTube? I mean, being a Udemy instructor to on YouTube, and that's because you want to leverage your own platform, right?"
1: Uh, you said, "Why did I switch from Udemy to YouTube, or Udemy to my own website?" Right?
0: I well didn't. Okay, so if, well, if I understand this right, you did, uh, you started on YouTube, right? So started yeah, on you YouTube.
1: Said. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, here's here's the roadmap. Here's my my the laptop teacher roadmap. What I did, I started on YouTube. I also created a podcast, and then I had a my first course on Udemy, and then I made my own course available through my own website. Okay, so that was the progression. So why did I do that? That was the question. Um, because, so there's pros and cons. I see the pros to Udemy are, you don't have to think about design or customer service or tech mishaps. You know, mm-hmm. if anything happens, they have a huge team and they have a huge budget and they're working around the clock, you know, while you're sleeping. So like their site is not going to go down. <laughs> Um, they also have a huge budget for marketing, so you can like sit back and your course is going to be marketed while you're, you know, sitting on a blab or doing something else. uh Oh, sorry, I lost you guys. I just um, hang on. I'm <laughs> learning here. I have to come back to blab. Okay, I, I did something are. else on my phone. Okay, so um, the downsides. Why I have new courses on my own site. Are For one, when someone signs up for your course on Udemy, you, you don't get their email. You can, you can contact them through Udemy, but I don't think you're technically supposed to promote your website or um, bring them off of Udemy. I think you can, you can give them some supporting educational materials, maybe send them a link to an article or even your own blog post or something like that. But you can't really say, "Oh, hey, I have a new ebook. You know, do you want to buy my ebook?" Something like that. I believe is not um, not really encouraged. So I wanted to have more direct contact with my audience because that's what's worked really well for me. Being in front of my audience, so not only having myself on video, giving tips, but also being able to write emails to them saying, Hey, you know, uh, I wanted to update you. I'm here in Brazil and I'm working on a new course, you know, something like that. So having the direct contact with my audience was really the biggest thing. You know, other things would be like, um, pricing, you know, now there's a new, uh, rule. I think that your course needs to be between 20 and $50, which is not a bad thing. It could be a great thing, but you don't have, Option. I like to have lots of options so I can decide. I'm a control freak, you
2: guys.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So there's that. And then if you want to work with affiliates, like, you know, affiliates are great on Udemy. This is actually a pro for Udemy because there's so many people who are going to come and buy your course through other affiliates and you get to keep some of that. But it can also be a con because um, you don't get to keep all of it, right? So if you're selling your own course through your own site, you can keep all of the revenue, or you can divide it. If you have your own affiliate system, you know that's kind of more like down the road, um, you know, having your own affiliate system. But just having more control allows you to play a longer term game. And again, just to summarize, so that it's not overwhelming, start on Udemy <clears throat> because you're going to get a good foundation. You're not going to have to worry about things like customer service or tech or um, design. Start on Udemy, but don't end there. If you want to play a long game, if you're in this, you know, for years and years, consider building your own platform on your own website or having multiple um, platforms. Like maybe you're on Udemy, maybe you're on YouTube, a podcast, um, you know, social media, Twitter, Facebook, and a bajillion other places but consider, you know, building your own platform because it's going to be an asset for you. I don't think Udemy is going anywhere, but what if they decide to close their doors? Then what happens to your stuff, right? You know, keep your materials and keep your own platform going because that's something that you can control.
2: Mm -hmm. Hey, while we're speaking about having your own platform, there's several questions from people asking things like, uh, what tools are being used. And I do a lot of this myself. I, I went over to laptopteacher.com and I see that it looks like you're using lead pages for yes. collecting form information, which is what I use too. So uh, definitely WordPress, I think. Uh, and you're probably using WordPress for the platform, but maybe some other tools that you can talk about and recommend for people who are watching right now. It's something that uh, to get started doing this stuff on your own.
1: Well, to get started, um, I think, okay, so I, I have a, a, a Mac, so it comes with iMovie. I think a simple editing program is important. I know there's Camtasia as well. So my first couple videos that I put on YouTube were not even edited. So you could see me literally like, like walking around the camera, like I, I pressed record and then I walked around the camera. You had to wait for me to come sit down in front of the camera and start teaching. And then same thing at the end of the video, I got up and went behind the camera and turned it off and I put it up on YouTube like that. And you can still see those videos. They're still up there. Pretty embarrassing. So I would, I would say definitely, you know, have a simple editing software that you use or that you get help. You know, someone who's helping you to edit your videos, if that's not, your cup of tea. Um, to start out, oh gosh, a microphone, or even if it's like, like something like this. Nowadays, you can totally record videos on your smartphone using mm-hmm. something like this. But for the love of God, use a microphone. please. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. also st- oh, Yeah, go ahead. Oh, go. no,
2: I was just going to say that. I mean, there's so many cool tools out there. Do you use it? You're using an iPhone, right?
1: Um, to talk to you guys now, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. So, and so I like I
1: use it to make videos too.
2: Yeah, and and there's a lot of instructors. One of them I was talking to last night before I went to bed, and he travels around the world, and he was having somebody film him because he's putting up like a new video each day about what he's doing while in Thailand, and I just ordered, because our friend Jack Wilson has, it's kind of like an octopus tripod, so that you can flex it, wrap yeah. it around poles, and things like that, so I ordered one of those, I use an Android device, but uh, yeah. Android, iPhone, either one, they have great quality as far as the video quality these days, so definitely yeah. something like that's easy to do, but the microphone, I think he was showing us uh, from Rode, I think is the brand yeah. name,
1: is it a lapel uh, uh-huh. microphone? Well, there's
2: yeah. a, a lapel too. And there's one that you can plug into your iPhone yeah. directly. And and so those are fairly affordable on a site like amazon.com. So I think that that's great advice for people who are listening and want to get started. You don't have to go in, um, o- you know, overboard or go overboard at the beginning with all of this expensive equipment. You can just add it as you go. Like you said, your first videos aren't so attractive in quality and all of that. But as you progress, then, you know, that changed.
1: Exactly. And I, I don't recommend buying everything you think you might ever need before you even, you know, start your YouTube channel, like mm-hmm. start with the bare minimum. If you have a smartphone, even if you don't have a mic, I mean, I just said, like, please buy a mic. But, you know, maybe while you're waiting for your mic, like just Put one video up there and get some feedback on the content. You can always take it down. It's okay. you can always you know update as you go. Ideally, you should get a microphone. I think that increases the quality, you know a lot. Road um, road microphones are great. they're a little bit more expensive than like a generic microphone. I think uh, a generic one might be like fifteen dollars now. road, you could get a lapel one. I think I paid like seventy five dollars makes a big difference in the quality though. And um, I mean, other tools, I really, I don't don't think you need to like geek out on tools in the beginning, but to stay organized, I like to use Trello. I like to use everything in Google Drive, Google documents, Mm -hmm. Google spreadsheets. I mean, after you get started and you, you know, you know, you want to continue, it's really helpful to batch your work on YouTube. So instead of like, sitting down and just making one video at a time, try making five or 10 or 20 at once and then schedule those, you know? So it actually is a ton of work that day, but then you can sit back and you see your videos being released and it's a really great feeling.
2: Yeah, I just put in a link to their website and they've got this mic that just came up that looks really cool for the iPhone. But, um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's great information. It's just like, you know, using things like WordPress and lead pages and Phil and I are working on a course for, uh, email marketing app called ConvertKit. So we use that to build our list and send out emails in a sequence and stuff like that. So there's there's so many tools out there. There's so many different ways that you can do it from, from cheap to affordable to expensive. But like yeah. you said, be consistent. I think that that's the big takeaway so far from this blab, especially for me, Is consistency, putting stuff out on a consistent basis so that your followers are soaking in all that you're offering for them.
1: Totally. Well, and let me follow that up with be consistent and don't worry about being perfect. Just get something out there, even if it's embarrassingly imperfect, just get it out there. Like that's actually better than not getting anything out there. In my opinion, I think it's better to look like a fool and get your face out there. But every week, improve something every week, get feedback and do better. But don't wait until your material is perfect, because it's never going to be perfect. My material is not perfect. I would never tell you, you know, my material is perfect. I would say I'm probably doing a few things, right. But there's so much room to grow still. And when you're starting out, don't worry about stuff like lead pages. I mean, just to like, cut the overwhelm, to, to reduce that feeling of, Oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. Where do I start? Like just start on YouTube and start building your following on YouTube. And then maybe, you know, in a couple of months, think about how are you building your email list a couple more months? Okay. What are you actually going to sell? How are you making money? Then think about stuff like lead pages or whatever, like, just don't worry about it all right now. Just, just record your face and put it online. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the only way that you're going to get better is by making more videos and through the experience, you'll figure out stuff that you wouldn't have known otherwise. Totally. So uh, if you were to start out again, would you repeat those same steps that you outlined earlier or would you take a different path?
1: Yeah, I think the only thing that I would change is to have more confidence and uh, belief that I can uh, make this my my job my income um, I spent about three or four years no four years working on go natural English on the side while I was a full-time classroom teacher and I wanted to be traveling the world I wanted to be working for myself but I was doubtful I was like does this online work making money online that sounds scammy I don't is that real but like For real, you guys, you can do it. I mean, it's scary. It's really scary, especially if you're a responsible person. You have bills. You have maybe a family. Um, It's scary, but just believe in yourself. That's the only thing. I mean, I hope it doesn't sound corny, but that's seriously the only thing that I would do differently is just, like, go all in sooner.
0: And, well, now you're currently working on LaptopTeacher.com. and. And if you're working on helping other people create their own online courses, market it, uh, including with YouTube, marketing with YouTube, and you're traveling the world as a digital nomad working on your business, Uh, do you want to talk about more um, what you're offering and how you're helping others, as well as if you have any advice for those who are interested in becoming their own digital nomad and living that lifestyle?
1: Absolutely. Um, so, through creating my own online teaching business, I started getting a lot of messages from people. I mean, people I used to work with as teachers in the classroom, and people who, you know, were just kind of following me on Facebook or Twitter or wherever. And uh, they were asking me, like, "How are you doing this? Please show me, teach me." And so I thought, okay, there's a need here, and a lot of people want. To travel, or they just want a more flexible schedule, or they want you know that opportunity to make more money, where your hour is not pegged to the amount of money you're making. So that really motivated me to start making materials, uh, an ebook, a course about how to get started on YouTube because that's where I got started. And uh, I just have so many questions from people. I want to make a lot of different courses, but right now I started. With YouTube. Um, so I have the uh, Laptop Teacher Guide to YouTube, and I have a YouTube course, um, which is video based. So you can learn more about how to do it, actually seeing uh, screen shares and like what I'm doing on the computer. And um, I'm updating that right now. So it's not up on my website, but the best thing to do is to go to laptopteacher.com, sign up for the email list, and you'll get my top 10 tips guide and then you'll get an offer for the full 56 page ebook and it's current. Uh, it's real, you know, the person who did it. So, um, I know there's a lot of books out there and they're, they're also good, but I wanted to provide a resource that would help people, um, you know, just with my own kind of secret tips.
0: What are the the first two uh, tips that you offer in the, in the email, um, download?
1: Um, so there's more technical tips like um for example, you know, use cards not annotations because cards can be clicked. They're they're links uh, out to to whatever to your website, to your t-shirts for sale, whatever it is. They can be clicked on a mobile device, but annotations cannot. So annotations are dying. Don't use annotations. Um and then there's other more kind of qualitative advice which is like You know, stop thinking about what you want to put out there and really think about what your audience is searching for. So, who is it that you want to work with? And what are they searching for in Google? You know, the other day I was helping a friend of mine with his YouTube channel, and I was literally like yelling at him. I was writing in all caps, I was like, who is searching for this kind of title? No one is searching for your name on Google. Like he's not famous. He should be. He's amazing. But it's like take your name out of your YouTube title. No one is searching for your name. Take episode, you know, 53 out of your title. You're wasting space in your title. No one is searching in Google for episode 53. Like title your videos in a way that people would search for information. Like, you know, how do I start a youtube channel for example that would be a great title for a video because people are searching for that does that make sense yeah cool all
0: right <laughs> yeah no that definitely makes sense not having like episode five for example in this and having like, yeah. matt bernstein and dennis j smith like not many people know who we are so
1: yeah like I think you know the only person searching for my name. Well, in the beginning, at least, was my mom, and like that's great. But you want to you know provide people some uh, some search words to to find you with. And okay, one thing I just saw. I'm like ten little hands away from a thousand. Oh no, it just went over a thousand! Oh my gosh! You win! <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> that's awesome! It just popped. All expenses
2: paid to Seattle trip to Seattle. Woo!
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is so much fun this blab thing is awesome
2: i know oh, it's it's so things hard. could go on forever <laughs> it's
1: like, i don't even know like I, I could talk with you guys forever about this stuff i get really excited about it and there's a lot of good questions too
2: lots of great information i mean so many questions i saw you know something like I, there's some discussion here in the chat about youtube and is youtube dying and i said Heck no. I don't think that it's dying. I just went to Alexa.com and pulled up their rankings. They're number three. I did see that their traffic has dropped, but I think that that's just mm. kind of a seasonal thing that, that happens. Um, just like people were talking about that their Udemy sales has, have dropped. People it's mm. spring, people are going outside a little bit more now and doing other things, but I don't think that they're necessarily dying. I, somebody did mention there are other platforms out there like, you know, Instagram or whatever, but um, videos, that's what people want to watch, you know, that you can learn something, you can learn how to do something, whether it be put on makeup, how to create something. Uh, funny stuff if you just want to have some mindless stuff to watch you can go to youtube to do that they have youtube red now which is their service where if you pay a little bit more then you get more features you get less ads that type of stuff so i don't think that they're dying i do know that like facebook you know a lot of video on there and they have facebook live and stuff like that this but- is
1: a great point though i see um Heather or Feather05 is saying, I think how Facebook allows sharing has really hurt YouTube videos and other platform videos. So why does it have to be either or? Why does it have to be YouTube or Facebook? What I do is I upload to YouTube and I upload to Facebook, okay? Mm -hmm. So you you don't have to spend more time creating more videos. You take the same video, upload it to two platforms. Repurpose it. Yeah, recycle, repurpose.
2: It doesn't take that long to do it either. Mm No, totally. as long as you have like a routine or like what you have, if you have a VA, you just say, Here, put this out on these platforms. So
1: exactly.
2: definitely um something to think about. And with that, I'm going to take a drink of water.
1: <laughs> Please do. <laughs> I have my water here too.
2: <laughs> um, okay. So you know what? I'm gonna join in. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Cheers, everybody. <laughs> yeah,
2: last time Matt and I, we did this in the evening and we decided to have different types of beverages since nice. it was evening hour. And I'm just like amazed at how many people have joined us today. It's, it's, it's awesome. I think that we're sharing a lot of great information, uh, trying to get through and answer all of these questions. Again, you know, if you have a question, And we're not answering it. It's not that we're ignoring the question. It's just like trying to keep the flow and not jump back and forth to different topics. So I'm just, even though I put something up, I'm just letting you decide if it's something that you feel we should answer or not.
1: Yeah, totally. Well, and I hope, you know, this is my first time with Vlad, but I hope I'll be able to see the questions after the fact. You will. is great okay because i'm also making videos for my new youtube channel laptop Mm -hmm. teacher uh if you just search on youtube for laptop teacher you should find it um but these are great questions for me to use as Mm -hmm. you know prompts for those videos so yeah
2: or a blog post too so
1: i'll have to figure out not a blog post
2: a blog post
1: (laughs) oh yeah I was gonna say, what's, what's a blog post? I didn't want to look
2: down. Live <laughs> <laughs> um, the Gabby show, right? You're gonna have. Yeah.
1: So okay, so this question you you put up here. When you decided to start, what was your first marketing strategy? Would you follow and comment on YouTube videos? And oh, then it has show more. I'm afraid to click. It might. What is it gonna do?
2: Would you follow and comment on YouTube videos and blogs?
1: Yeah, totally. So. Well, first of all, when I started, I had no marketing strategy. I had no clue what I was doing. You guys have such an advantage. You're watching this blab. You know, you're know, you actually kind of hip to like marketing and strategies and stuff. I thought marketing was like a dirty word when I started my YouTube channel. That's just like the mindset that I started in five years ago. But anyway, once I started thinking about strategy... I would comment on other YouTube channels that were related. I would go to forums or Facebook groups uh, where people were asking questions, and I would say, like, oh, hey, you know, I made a video that might help you with that question. Check it out. Uh, I, I emailed people who I thought might be interested. So, English students, former English students, colleagues. I said, hey, I'm making these videos. What do you think? And instead of saying, like, watch my video or you know subscribe to my channel um, I would ask for feedback I would say simply you know I'm, I'm trying to create this thing I'm doing this project I really appreciate your feedback I know it's not very good yet you know even kind of um, just some words of modesty <laughs> and asking for feedback because then you're showing that you're interested in what they have to say as opposed to subscribe view comment like that's good once you have an established channel, but in the very beginning, just try to ask for feedback, and that's a great way to get eyeballs and also to improve. When I say get eyeballs, you know what I mean, right? Like,
0: yeah, not, <laughs> like yeah.
1: views, views on your on your video.
0: Yeah, scoop out people's
2: eyeballs and then force <laughs> them to watch.
1: <laughs> I like that, Dennis.
2: <laughs> Put our beer goggles on.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, so. Sorry, sorry to transition so much, but uh, you gave a TEDx speech, and yeah. I'm this is awesome, like amazing to have you on, like the first person I've talked to that gave a te- TEDx speech. Mm-hmm. And so Me I was too. wondering if, like, how you landed that opportunity and what the experience was giving such a speech.
1: Yeah. So I invited myself, basically. Um, I... I just want to say, like, for things like TED Talks, for things like making a YouTube channel, making your website, making your courses, nobody invites you. Well, okay, caveat if you're like super famous, yeah, you'll get invited. But how do you start when you're nobody, right? Like, yeah, your mom loves you, whatever, but you're not going to, your mom's not going to invite you to a TED Talk. So, you invite yourself. You don't wait for permission. So I emailed a TED organizer, actually more than one. Uh, I said, like, hey, I'm going to be you know, in this city. So specifically for the one I was, um, I was, I was invited after I invited myself. Um, that one I was invited to in Kansas City. I said, hey, I'm going to be in town and I'd love to help. I'd love to volunteer. Gosh, I see the, the talk is just a couple of weeks away. You're probably all set for speakers. But, you know, just in case, if you need a speaker, this is who I am. And I gave a little background and said, oh, you know, I have this story to share. And uh, but you're probably all set. So but anyway, I'd love to I'd love to help. OK, so then they responded. They said, funny enough, just a couple hours before you sent that email, we had a speaker drop out. So I don't know what that was. That was like the universe just being like, oh, (laughs) and and they they said, Why don't you submit an outline? And we'll see. So I mean, there were some things in place before that I had done some kind of different things. I had, you know, built up my own business, I'd been traveling the world, I had a story, and um, kind of an inspirational story to share with people. So um they liked it they said yes you'll we'll come do the talk but i mean that's basically how it went was i was knocking on doors i wasn't waiting for an invitation and i don't think anybody here should wait for an invitation i think you have to start creating your materials you have to start creating your story you have to just go knock on doors the worst thing that can happen is that people say no we're not interested okay no problem you know knock on other doors so that's basically it um just don't wait for permission, though. That's that's been like a huge lesson for me.
0: That's that's amazing, and thank you for sharing that. The um, uh, another story, like the the KFC guy who wanted to sell their chicken. Apparently, over a thousand restaurants before uh, somebody accepted his recipe for chicken because he didn't want to make wow. his own store. So <laughs> it's it's crazy. You really yeah, he knocked on a thousand doors.
1: That's how it goes. <laughs> totally.
2: The colonel, yeah. <laughs> the KFC guy. I, like, well, oh. and I,
1: I love what you guys are doing because you're creating your own media right here. You're not waiting for CNN to invite you to talk about how to make money online, but they will because they're going to see your, you know, your blab show and they're going to be like, Oh, these guys have stuff to say, but like, <laughs> you're not waiting. You're not waiting for permission to do your blab.
2: Yeah, that's true. I I mean, I have done some public speaking myself in in front of an audience of 75 people who were authors when I did my first book a couple of years ago. And while I was there promoting my book, the news channel in that town, a smaller town here in Idaho came up to me for an interview. And I was like, wow, this is totally something different, you know?
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the other thing is you were putting yourself out there. You were
2: Mm -hmm. creating
1: stuff. You were speaking. And so, I mean, you have to be doing something a little bit different than everybody else to, you know, pick up that attention too.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, with Udemy, I've got my uh, Udemy uh, group on Facebook. I'm writing a book on Udemy Life. So, you know... might have to like contact you and put you in there before the book gets published here within the next couple weeks. So I I love your stuff. So Um, Matt, should we bring uh, I Phil had a question and wanted to come on and ask Gabby. So Phil, are you out there?
0: Phil is our, uh, our, another resident.
2: Okay. Call on in Phil.
1: Oh, this is exciting. I always see Phil's name online.
2: This guy is killing it on Udemy and with when it comes to uh, video online. So,
4: and he's totally a super different.
2: awesome guy, too.
4: Hi. Hey. 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 Oh, hold on. Oh, my. little dark I, you today. You're tan. No, wait, hold on. I, uh, <laughs> Temecula tan. My camera. I'm coming back in. I'm coming back in.
2: Okay. He just got back from Temecula celebrating his first uh, wedding anniversary. That's okay.
4: awesome. Uh, not looking good, but uh, okay. hi, how's it going? How, Gabby?
1: Hey. hey, Phil, nice to meet you. <laughs>
4: nice to meet you too. I'm um, getting my webcam settings going, so let me fix this tan that I have right now.
1: <laughs> Where are you, Phil?
4: Uh, I'm in Fullerton, California. It's like uh Orange County, LA. So it's so, early for you. Uh yeah, it's like eleven. Um, oh, no. so it's not too early. But actually so- Matt and Dennis and I are in a mastermind group on Tuesdays and we I have to get up super early for that. So <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome. Six AM, uh, seven a.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, cool. Well, I've been listening and I'm really impressed with everything that you're doing, Gabby. And I wanted your advice about a couple things, um, that I'm doing. Um, so I have my YouTube channel that I started probably like about when you started, like three years ago. And it started out because I was teaching online classes about video editing, motion graphics, all that kind of stuff. But then... Over the past few years, I've just posted all sorts of other types of videos on there related to my online teaching. I've done photography courses now. So there's photography, photography stuff on there. And so now I have like all these different like types of videos. And I've always struggled with, should I really focus on one thing for my channel, which is Video School Online? And that's my brand. That's my website. Or should I branch out and do different YouTube channels for my different audiences? Um, and I know I saw that you have your online, your English learning channel. I, I see you have your online life, online teaching life channel. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of at the point too right now where I have like 16,000 subscribers on YouTube and I passed the 10,000 mark like a couple months ago. And I can just see it like really increasing right now. And so I want to take advantage of that and continue to grow. But I just don't know if I should just stick with what I'm doing or focus in on one of those audiences.
1: So, okay, my initial advice uh, from what I hear you saying is, you know, is so I have a question actually. Is your audience coming to your channel because they're searching for like video tutorials or are they searching for Phil Ebner?
4: I think that uh, I do get a lot of traffic for people searching specific tutorials that I've put out related to video creation. Um, But when someone is thinking of Phil Ebner, they're not thinking of the video creator. They're now thinking of Phil Ebner as the online teacher and online business creator. And so if people... You know, if I'm sending people to video school online, my website or my YouTube channel, they're typically more interested in like the online business stuff.
1: Well, are all the videos that you're putting on your channel related to teaching online? Is there some kind of overlap there?
4: Not all of them, but I've thought that maybe I should refocus it so I'm still teaching people how to make videos, which is what I love and which is kind of what I started out doing. But but focus on that audience of online teachers or online business builders. And so it is related because now I kind of have some more advanced tutorials that people wouldn't be interested in, except like more advanced video creators. But maybe that's a better idea is like focusing on that audience.
1: If... If I were you, what I would do is keep the momentum on your one channel as long as there's like at least a tiny percent of overlap. You could have different playlists, like here's the advanced mm-hmm. video tutorial playlist and here's the, you know, photography playlist, but it's all under this umbrella of like really, you know, cool skills that you could use that kind of apply to teaching online or working online. Okay. So I have I have the same issue where I have my English uh, language channel. And maybe you guys don't know, but I also have some videos for learners um, of English who are from Brazil. So I made videos in Portuguese. So the videos are in a completely different language. So I, I had people watching my videos on my channel who were totally confused. They were like, why aren't you speaking English? And so I took those videos off. There's still some, but I'm still organizing stuff. So I would recommend, you know, if they're totally different audiences, if people are not going to understand what you're saying, literally, or if it's just a completely different field, like make a different channel. Like if you started doing, well, you know, the first thing that came to mind, this is obviously not something you do, but like a makeup tutorial channel would be totally different. Um, Like probably a different channel would be a good idea. Different different audience probably, but it seems like everything you're doing is somewhat interrelated. And I would just keep that momentum because like managing a whole other channel is so much more work too.
4: Yeah, yeah, okay. That's really good to hear you say that. Just to have someone else kind of brainstorm it with me because that makes me feel better than trying to question so if i can ask dennis and matt is that okay of course (laughs) um so because because i'm on youtube and i've had ads on my channel for a while i do make a little bit of um income from youtube every month and i think i think we're allowed to say what our income is we just can't like give the details of like the cost per meal but i'm making like between like two and $300 a month on YouTube now with like 15 16,000 subscribers. And it's always been my kind of goal or plan in the long run, like... Did so he freeze on you? Freeze? Yeah. Did yeah. <laughs> yeah. I freeze? Can you hear me? Yeah. That's yeah, oh, trick.
0: It, it's always been your goal to what?
4: Oh, it's always been my goal to maintain my YouTube channel and grow it to the point where potentially i could make $1000 a month or something like that um and i think youtube is going to be around for a, for a while for a long time um but with your channel can i ask are you making like a decent amount from your english learning channel that has like so many subscribers
1: yeah so right now um it is at around $1000 a month with the ads turned on wow right. However, I, I'm gonna move away from that. As painful as it is to let go of that that ad sense, mm-hmm. I think that since my, my goal is really to get people over to my website and to join me on my email list for my courses and my materials, I feel like the ads are possibly distracting people's attention, making my brand look, you know, not, not so polished. Um, but it's really, really hard to let go of that yeah. now that I've built it up. Um, but that is the plan and I'm not going to just turn it all uh, yeah. off in one day. I'm going to, you know, with new videos, I'm going to not turn it on. Um, and then I'll probably see little by little the amount going down, but I'm hoping to replace that or, you know, do even better with my, um, my business model, just having people, want to purchase my courses, uh, or join my membership community? So it's a choice. I mean, that's, so one model of monetizing on YouTube is to turn on the ads. And a lot of people think that it's YouTube doing that. So sh- like, don't tell anyone that that's the creator's choice. Cause, uh, we could get in trouble with our audience. Um, that's one way, right? You just go for views and, and you can make a decent amount of money like $1,000 a month is awesome. And especially if you're location independent, if you're living over in Thailand or something like that's a really good amount of money to make per month. Um, But there's lots of different ways. So I mean, there's, there's that there's sponsorship, there's having your own books, courses, and so on. And maybe there's other ways that I haven't thought of. But um, but yeah, that, I'm going kind of off on a tangent because I get excited about this stuff. But I hope that answers your question.
4: <laughs> yeah, no, totally, that's great. And yeah, that's something I've struggled with the whole time too. Is should I have ads when I'm not making like full time income from my YouTube channel? It's like why why distract people? Um, but I understand your your dilemma as well. But so. I, I
1: had the ads on for. You know, well, I I still have them on. I've always had them on because it's motivating to me to like see that I'm making something, at least enough coffee money to keep me working. You know, like literally, I drink a lot of coffee. So I (laughs) need that.
4: Yeah. No, cool. Well, I appreciate your uh, feedback and comments. So I'll let someone else ask questions or I'll let Dennis and Matt keep going. Thanks, Phil. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Gabby, guys. Um, we have somebody
2: else who wants to come on and ask a question. How much longer can you uh, continue to to uh, join us, I guess, is what I want to ask.
1: Honestly, I'm not even watching the time. It's so much fun talking with you guys. Um, oh, and my cell phone is my only way of telling time. I'm not <laughs> Sure, I've really glad to the clock. Huh? but no, we can we can take another question. For okay. Sure, I can stay a little longer.
2: Um, yeah. So, so G UK, if you want to come on and, and and join us live, you can go ahead and ask Gabby your question about call to action after a YouTube video. So,
0: and then and then after that, we can um,
3: either either go. Hi, how are you? Incredibly well, thank you. Hello, Gabby, how are hey. you?
1: Hi, is it Simone?
3: Simone, yes. Is it like the Simone. Italian version? Of, is it like the Italian version of Simon. That's <laughs> qu-
1: Simone, Simone,
2: thanks for joining us. So, your question for Gabby?
3: Yeah, I have a question because I started recently going on YouTube and building my channel on that, and I got a bit confused on the call to action because the strategy that I want to do is directing people to my website. To my free opt-in and uh, get my free video coaching series. However, I've been hearing a lot about the importance of building a community and building comments. So I ended up having a call to action, which sounds like that. Hey guys, make sure you sign up to my newsletter or get your free online training program. Leave us a comment, share it with your friends, with your cat, with your dog or whatever you're going to use. So all that. And I don't know if it's too much, if it's too overwhelming or what do you prefer in terms of Call to action, just one thing, or given multiple call to action? That's I guess what my question.
1: That's a great question. I struggle with that too, because there's so many things that you want people to do. You want them to comment, to like, to share, to subscribe, come to your website, buy your stuff. Like you can't say it. Send all me your
3: credit card and details stuff. and all that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Follow me on Twitter, join me on Facebook, join me on Blab. It's like, oh my gosh, there's so many things. So um maximum, I would say two calls to action per video. But ideally, one would be great. Um, I'm guilty of doing like more than one calls to action per video. But I would try to focus like maybe, you know, one month, all of your videos are just trying to build your community, especially in the beginning. Like just try to build your followers and your views by saying things like, subscribe don't miss uh, a weekly video or however often you're doing them um ask people to comment you know you can ask a question to encourage comments like hey what do you want me to talk about in the next video leave me a comment but um to answer your question like try to focus in so maybe for your first six months on youtube just try to build the channel and then, you know, from months, some month, seven, or after even your first year on YouTube, then just really hammer away on like, come to my website, get my free, whatever, glass of water that you get after joining. Yeah, my A
3: glass college. of water. That's like- what that is. <laughs> like a glass of water or a coffee. <laughs>
1: I would join. I, no, would yeah, join. No, I know
3: you would. I would go. No, That's great. Actually, that gives me, it makes sense. So using, uh,
1: yeah.
3: building the community first. I've got my, my microphone. I've got the the road, the, the podcast that is slowing, going down. That's no. why you can see me like, saving that. But okay, nice. no, that's, that's great. No, thank you. Really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, um, no problem. Yeah. And yeah. oh, just remember too, like your old videos, like from the first six months will stay around. So people will always see those. And it's possible that you might learn something, like after you know your first few months on YouTube, that you you might want to change your call to action. So, um, but you always want people to subscribe and stuff like that. So I think it's a good call to action to begin with for the first several months.
3: Brilliant. Now I have it. Thank you. Oh. Appreciate that.
1: Thank you, Simone. Thank you. Right. Thank, Thank you, Martin.
3: Thank you, Dennis. Appreciate. It. Thank you for Thank letting you. me. In so we
0: we have one last question for you uh that's okay that's cool all right um so let's talk about like where you've traveled and your experience with your work-life balance because i just went to florida for a week and i didn't get that much work done and i didn't even collaborate that well with you on this interview (laughs) Uh, no yeah it's
1: turned out great though so maybe that's a secret to uh (laughs) go to florida no but yeah so this is, this is a great topic to talk about, the whole kind of um, travel-work balance. So you asked where I've traveled. So last year, I went to over 20 countries. I was in Asia. I was in the Pacific. Um, I was in Europe. Now I'm in Brazil. I went back home to the U.S. to visit I got around last year and at the same time, I was building my YouTube channel. I was building my business and it wasn't easy. I mean, I was feeling a little bit stressed out at times thinking like, oh, I really would just like to focus on traveling and enjoying my time, kind of like free spirited travel, like go where the wind blows. And that doesn't always mesh well with building a business, (laughs) something that needs to like, have consistency. It's like complete opposites. So what I tried to do was block off time to focus, like whether that was um, a week of focusing on work and a week of kind of free-spirited travel, okay? Or maybe it looked more like mornings were to focus on work and afternoons were to explore the city. But I think it's really key when you're traveling to Give yourself structure and be quite regimented about it. You know, even if there's some great party that you don't want to miss, like, okay, well, what is your priority right now? It's okay to go to the party, but you have to admit to yourself, okay, work is not my priority right now if I'm going to this party. That's okay, (laughs) but it's always a choice, you know?
0: Do Do you find it that you're still averaging 40 hours a week? Like you would do maybe like 12 hours one day and four hours another?
1: Yeah. You know, what's funny is I haven't really kept track of my hours until recently. I started keeping a timesheet for myself, which is so funny because I always hated timesheets because it felt like, oh, someone's trying to control me. But now I find it really valuable to keep track of how much time I'm spending on my business, especially because I'm trying to uh, spend a little less time on the, the English business and more time on laptop teachers. So I'm I'm really keeping track of that um, consciously. So I would recommend keeping a timesheet for yourself just in a excel sheet and think about how much time do you want to be spending on your business and realizing in the beginning it's gonna be a lot of time. You know, not everyone can like do a four hour work week from you know, week zero. Like it's something that you have to think about, okay, is this going to be like a hobby side business where I work maybe 10 hours a week? Or am I going to put everything into it working a lot until I get results that I want? Um, so, so keep track of the time. And then when you're traveling, you have to decide, you have to make a conscious decision. Am I working Or am I just enjoying my time or am I going to block off time for work and block off time for enjoying travel? It's, it's honestly right now, it's like traveling is no different than if I was, you know, back in Boston, like I would still have to organize my time as an entrepreneur and think about how many hours do I want to work? How many hours do I want to be out, you know, having fun? It's the same concept, but the difference is when you travel there's a lot of hours that you spend on a plane or on a train or on a bus or transitioning, right? So mm-hmm. can you work on a plane? I can't. I'm horrible <laughs> at working on a plane. So that's why I'm slowing down too. I've, I've been in Brazil for a couple months now, and I'm going to be staying abroad more, but also in one place for, for longer because I don't have as many transitions. I find the transitions to be really tough with work. Matt's it frozen.
2: I, I know. I'm I was like, we can hear him at least. I was typing to him on Facebook, like you're frozen. I hope you're still there. Cause I was wondering who was going to start talking. You know, I, it's I like think when I'm I travel. Perfectly still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I take a car when I travel it and, When I go to the hotel, then I do some work and answer emails and stuff like that. But I also try to get some downtime because I think it's important to be able to soak in some of the places that you see. Like I went to Crater Lake and the Oregon coast and to Seattle where I used to live. And I just exploring places that I had never been. And that actually gave me an idea for. A website that I still need to start blogging on, which I got the domain itraveldude.com dot com, cool. and just kind of documenting my travels and stuff like that because people have an interest in that kind of stuff. And and Barb, uh, who is with us on this blab, is someone who started watching Matt and I last year, and on that trip I got to meet her and her son for dinner. And I've known her ever since. So now I've got this new friend and somebody that I can visit when I go to the Bend, Oregon area. So it's just kind of fun to be able to do that stuff and and work. I would rather go to Florida, you know, like Matt did, but um, I, I don't know. I like flying, but I don't.
1: (laughs) Well, I like that style. I I don't know. It seems like what you were saying is you were traveling and enjoying your travels. And Mm -hmm. for me, ideally like I live this lifestyle because I have a flexible schedule, and ideally, I would um, enjoy traveling and then enjoy like focusing on work, but not try to do them at the same time. If that makes sense.
2: Yeah. Like yeah, I, I think- can
1: take a week and go, you know, just be a bum on the beach, whether it's here in Rio where I'm living now or somewhere else. But like I just I personally work better when I can go 100% like I'm I'm working now or I'm playing now you know it's, it's hard for me personally to like mix them together
0: yeah did you work by the pool because in, in Florida I was trying to like work by the pool and no. and there was like 10 other people in there like trying to like talk to me and do whatever else and I just wanted to kind of relax under the umbrella in the sun
1: no no I can't I'm gonna be uh, doing a, a photo shoot on Saturday, and I'm definitely gonna do some cheesy like laptop on the beach photos because those are awesome. But I want everyone to know that I never work on the beach, and that that's kind of it's kind of a, a fallacy about digital nomads. Like nobody can work uh, under the sun, it's <laughs> or by one. the pool.
0: No
2: internet access.
1: No internet? Are you kidding? Yeah.
2: <laughs> what? I, I, You know, my favorite places to work is at a local coffee shop. I I mean, there are Starbucks and and things like that around, and I will go to a a Starbucks uh, every now and then. But we have some, even here in Idaho, we have some cool funky coffee shops. And I just like to go there and work and kind of, you know, people watch or whatever. And then and then go back to, you know, home or whatever. But you have to get out of your, your typical work environment, I think, to be able to get that creative juices flowing.
1: Yeah. I, I love coffee shops too, for sure. That's a good place. I think everyone has to find their own place. Like um, there's a comment here. I think it was Barb. Yeah, Barb is saying I work by the lake. And that works yep. for some people. So, I mean, if I was at the lake, I would just want to go swimming. And so it might not work for me, but... You know, it's wherever, wherever is good for you. And that's the beauty of it. It's like having that flexibility.
2: Yeah, it's hard sometimes. Uh, that's why B- Barb is the one who, is, Barb is in Central Oregon in in the Redmond Bend area. And it's so beautiful there. Wow. Great, great, great beer. Deschutes Brewery is there. The Deschutes River. Uh, snowcap Volcanoes. Just an amazing place. Crater Lake. So there's a lot to do there. The ocean. I just i just love being able to do that so it's i haven't been able to travel like internationally like you have um maybe we should just like real quick before we go like some advice on on traveling like maybe some uh, tips on saving some money or or um you know like just your favorite spot or
1: yeah and and matt's still frozen for me i don't know if i can
2: every know. now and then every now and then he moves
1: okay <laughs> okay well advice for travel um, as far as keeping it cheap I mean i I have used uh, miles and points to mm-hmm. to get um, tickets so that's something you can look into uh, different ways to uh, travel hack uh, as you know people will say if you just do a quick search for that you can look into different ways that are Totally legal. It just, it requires a little bit of time and effort. So I've done that. Um, Of course, the longer you can stay in one place, it's going to be cheaper. If you can, you know, rent an apartment locally, it will be cheaper than staying in a hotel. It will be cheaper when you're buying groceries and cooking them at home than eating out at, you know, the, the local tourist restaurants. So you have to think about that. A lot of people think that it's too expensive to travel, but that's because the way they're doing it is the most expensive way possible. You can you can be in another country and if you stay longer term, you're going to cut your costs. It's, it's kind of counterintuitive. You'd think, oh, the longer I stay, the more it's going to cost. Well, not really. I mean, a month or a week could cost the same amount. It's just where are you spending your money? So that's, in a mm-hmm. nutshell, that's, that's how I travel pack my expenses is, you know, I, I look to stay more long term, and, you know, of course be careful with um, visa requirements and things, you know, some countries you can only stay 30 days or 90 days or 180 days or whatnot. Um, but I think the longer you stay and the more you live like a local, I mean, don't, travel abroad and think that you're going to keep your same habits and go to the same places that you do in the U S. Like one of my friends got upset because Starbucks wasn't the same in Brazil as it was back home. (laughs) I'm like, you know, at least there is a Starbucks here and you can't be upset. If you want to travel, you can't be upset about Starbucks not being the same because you're traveling like, Dude, you're traveling, so you have to be open and flexible about these things. But that's I would recommend. Funny. Like, yeah, I mean, I would recommend try to live like a local, try to figure out how the locals eat. You know, where do the locals go for entertainment? Um, and yeah. just, I, that's how I do it anyway. I mean, it's, it's up to each person to figure out what you enjoy doing, but that's what I enjoy is kind of being a local, and it, it ends up being quite affordable too.
2: I think that's a course idea for you, Gabby. I was just like, as I was listening to you, I mean, why not have a travel course? And I think you should call it Live Like a Local.
1: Live Like a Local. I like that. Mm
2: Yeah. I guess it's
1: kind of second nature to me. So I never thought about doing a course. Maybe I'll have to ask you about your ideas for that. That's an
2: interesting suggestion. Well, and then also the stuff that has gone across the screen today with questions. I mean, you're an expert in this stuff. So, again, like you said, there's ideas for videos, and those could come another Udemy course on the stuff that we've talked about today.
1: You guys and the audience here just have amazing questions and have amazing comments, too. This is awesome.
2: Yeah. So, Matt, are we ready to uh, wrap it up so we can let Gabby go on with her day? And I can – my stomach's been talking to me, so I'm, like, thinking Thai food or something like that. Yeah, yeah, we can wrap up. I just wanted to add, like, a quick
0: example about uh, some of the stuff that Gabby just said about travel. I just – you can look it for credit cards that have promotions. So I got one that had 50,000 miles for a city card, and I got 50,000 points to fly with Americans. So domestically wow. – it would be 12,000 miles one way. So technically I could get uh, two round trip tickets for free. Yep. So,
1: or I think that's enough like for that. a round trip international ticket, 50,000 points. It depends where you're going and stuff, but definitely mm-hmm. enough for, for an international trip.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. And that's just this. opening up a credit card and, and um, just making my normal payments. You know, it's, I don't have to like give any money.
1: Yep. <laughs> Good tip
0: all right so uh where can people find you gabby
1: come to laptopteacher.com. uh that's where i share everything about youtube about online course building and it's it's kind of the the meta site you know if you're an english learner and you want to see like how i you know how i teach english that's gonaturalenglish.com but i think everybody here is a laptop teacher
0: do you have any other closing thoughts
1: Oh, man, just, um, yeah, just believe that you can, you can work online if you want to do that. Just keep looking for examples. Just um, see, see what people are doing that's working and just start, you know, start putting yourself out there, get your face out there, get your message out there and keep looking for, for feedback too. And, 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 yeah, I just want to give a big thank you to you guys for, you know, getting me on Blab and being patient with me as I figure out how to use it. I just really Thank appreciate you. it. It's been great to talk
2: yeah. to you. Guys. We'd love to have you on again, you know, like maybe yeah. a couple of months from now and just see what you've been doing. See how that uh, live like uh, local course is going. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and so, Hey Matt, where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me at
0: skillhands.com, and it's about how to make money online, whether that be on eBay or Udemy, and as well as how to market it through social media and other digital
2: marketing means. Where can we Great. find you, Dennis? DennisJ.Smith.com. And if you put forward slash blab, you can see all of the past blabs that Matt and I have done, including this one. And I just wanted to say, Facebook.com forward slash make money online. Podcast. We would love it if you follow us on Facebook so that when we do these future blabs or maybe somebody like Gabby has a video that she's put out or answered a question that we might have missed that we can share that with you. So make sure that you follow us there. And all of us are on Udemy.com. We all have courses on Udemy. Uh, so you can just type in Dennis Smith, Matt Bernstein, or Gabby Wallace and find our courses there. So thanks a lot, everybody, for joining us today. We certainly appreciate it. And Matt and I, we should be back next week. Uh, the the time might fl- uh, be different uh, just because of the guests that we have on, but we'll we'll make sure that we get that out there. So thanks a lot, everyone.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Gabby. Thank you, Gabby. Thanks,
0: Thank and join us next week for Saint Patrick's Day where we were oh, yeah. in Green. You in
2: too.
4: You tennis. too. Yeah, the virus awesome.
2: Yeah. Take care, everybody. Good. Bye. Guys. Take care. Bye. Thank you, Gabby.
1: Thank you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Goodbye, everybody.